Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, my guest is Adanma Akujiez, CFO for Larson Design Group, LDG. Under Adanma's leadership, the LDG accounting slash finance team effectively provides and interprets reliable financial data needed for drawing meaningful conclusions and making critical business decisions. In addition, her work helps achieve compliance with financial reporting regulations, avoid unproductive use of assets by tracking spending against monthly and annual goals, reduce project profit erosion, and expedite payment on receivables to maintain a strong cash flow. Her group also promotes firm-wide financial literacy to enhance the capabilities of a wide range of LDG leaders and ultimately reduce potential risk to the organization. In the community, Adama serves as president of the board of directors for Summit Early Learning, Inc., which specializes in the delivery of early childhood education services. As a member of the editorial board of the Pennsylvania Institute of Certified Public Accountants CPA Journal, Adanma is actively engaged in the determination of best methods to bring awareness to CPAs throughout the state on emerging issues and best practices. And as an immediate past board member of the Pennsylvania CPA Foundation, she continues to work to raise awareness and funds for programs that inspire students to pursue careers in accounting, as well as initiatives that provide education, motivation, and financial support to those already pursuing the CPA designation. In 2018, she was appointed to the board of River Valley Health and Dental Center, a federally qualified health center in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Adanma holds a Bachelor of Arts and a Master of Science in Accounting, both from Michigan State University. She is a certified public accountant, a certified information systems auditor, and a certified internal auditor. Prior to joining LDG, she held finance leadership positions at Weiss Markets, Inc. An avid speaker with dynamic communication skills and excellent interpersonal capabilities, Adanma has presented at both nationwide conferences and local leadership events. Adanma, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Megan. Happy to be with you this morning. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our discussion regarding zero-based budgeting. This concept has been around for decades, but it has definitely seen a recent revival, and I'm excited to learn more about it. So let's get started. But before we jump to the main topic, tell me about your career progression. How did you get to where you are today? There are a lot of good stories and answers to that question, Megan. Uh, I would say to sum it up, uh, it's, it's really a combination of um, mentors and leaders who've had uh, faith in me and my capabilities and uh, given me the opportunity to learn from them. Uh, I've also been, I believe, blessed with um, just a, a desire to learn and a lot of curiosity. So I've, at every point in time, have, uh, you know, been a very big asker, if you will, of questions, making sure that I understand concepts as I go along. And, and so that's sort of in summary, uh, my journey from the world of education to where I am uh, career-wise. I will go back all the way to my college days. I went to Michigan State University, and uh, one particular professor uh, stands out in my mind, uh, my intro to accounting professor. I thought at the time I wanted to be a, a lawyer, and I was in a business pre-law major. I happened to take this accounting class. 
and I always tell people I fell in love with the class, you know, and the, um, the professor uh, was, I was a regular at his office hours, not because I had a lot of clarification questions, but because I just love the material so much, I wanted to keep talking about it. And uh, this professor, uh, Dr. Charles Bookemeyer, ultimately became a mentor of mine and, and just encouraged me in the field of accounting. One important thing he did for me is to explain and show me uh, that a career in accounting could open you know, many, many doors. Um, it wasn't just about sitting behind a desk, but uh, it could really open doors for me to be a leader uh, at an organization someday and do things from uh, financial audits to IT audits, uh, which I ended up doing uh, through my career. And um, that was very instrumental and in just, uh, just getting me started. And again, mentorship throughout uh, the course of, uh, of my, my time and uh, just, you know, meeting and encountering and working with and for great leaders have really propelled me uh, to where I am today. Yeah, so important to have good mentors in life. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't think most people know just how many different paths you can take as an accountant. So are there any particular stories or career moves that stand out in your mind as turning points? Again, lots of, lots of good stories, Megan. I would say that at the beginning of my career in, uh, in auditing, uh, I worked for Ernst Young, now EY, and uh, Mitchell and Titus, which was at the, at the time a member firm of the EY uh, global family. I did a lot of traveling. Uh, so I was blessed to you know, do uh, audits and be on, be on audit teams and project teams um, in different parts of the country. And, uh, and outside of the country. And I think a lot of international exposure to business really helped open my mind um, to how things are done in different parts of the world and, and uh, uh, just even the emotional intelligence of dealing with others uh, in, in, uh, in business. You know, I did start off my career, and I should have mentioned this earlier, in, uh, in auditing, uh, mm-hmm. specific, uh, specifically um, assurance, and then branched into some IT, IT audits as well. You know, in that line of work, you know, you encounter, you know, internal, external clients that may or may not be fans of some of the things you have to say, yeah. uh, especially with regard to feedback on their work and their processes. And so, you know, being able to see folks in different cultures and different uh, countries uh, and understand how to approach them, see, see their processes and, 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 and such things, really, again, opened my mind and has, I think, helped me develop and mature in my thinking as a, as a professional and my understanding of a basic uh, finance and auditing concepts. Yeah, a similar story. I started my career in public accounting with Deloitte, and I always say it was like one of the best experiences because it just teaches you so much about business in general when you're auditing a company's books. Absolutely. And there's a, an ownership mentality, I think, that develops from that where you say, you know what, this is, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a member on this team. And the fact that, you know, in public accounting, you work in teams, that's also a very shape, uh, uh, career shaping uh, type of structure to work in. And, uh, and then that ownership mentality develops as you grow, you know, from the staff level to senior level and then the manager level and so forth. Uh, you not only develop deeper relationships with those teams, you develop deeper relationships with your clients. And so 
you know, this becomes your baby, you know, you own it and you want to make sure you do an excellent job. And, you know, accounting firms uh, across the globe definitely have a, a name and a profession to protect. And I think those are some of the best places to work and, you know, start a career and, and just work through your career because a lot of integrity is learned there and work ethic and, uh, and that sort of thing. Yep, I agree. So as a CFO today, what are your greatest concerns these days and what's keeping you up at night? Yeah, there are, there are a number of them, uh, <laughs> Megan. You know, seeing as we're recording this in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic that has caused tremendous economic ripples, the biggest item on my mind is sufficient planning, planning to be as proactive and in some cases reactive, but as proactive as responsive to the changing tides of the economy and uh, to steer the ship uh, with along with my uh, uh, leadership team and the finance leadership team as well, but to steer the ship and, and make sure that we're making uh, the right choices from a PL standpoint, from a balance sheet standpoint in our managing of financials, and most importantly, that our teams continue to service our clients optimally despite the economic uncertainties all around us. So it's making sure we're planning and, and planning really a successful habit and, and uh, uh, approach to planning is really all about communication, frequent and early communication within and across my team, my finance team, and across the leadership teams throughout the firm. And so, um, you know, every day I wake up and say, okay, what can we do better with regard to communication? And also, how can we do that in such a way that communication does not stifle then the core business, right? I talked about servicing our clients earlier. So those are the types of things I, I think about. I am blessed with an amazing uh, team, um, senior leadership team that I work with, as well as a finance team that I work with that do have that same mentality and are plugged into keeping the pulse on what's going on out there, uh, making sure that our employees are well taken care of, they're staying safe, and our clients, uh, we're servicing our clients with the highest level levels of excellence as well. So that's probably a good segue to the main topic. So what exactly is zero-based budgeting and how does it work? Yeah, zero-based budgeting, I call it, you know, ZBB. Uh, it's, it's sort of the, the acronym for it. And it's something I've, a concept I've been learning over the last couple of years and it's become more real to me now than ever before it's an approach that basically says you know every dollar should have a name it's a, an approach that says why should i be spending on x versus you know in in some sense the traditional budgeting approach says okay what what dollars can i throw at you know everything i think i need to throw dollars at zero-based budgeting is a more thoughtful approach to planning and a more approach that seeks more than all other approaches approaches I've seen to add value to the organization. It seeks to tie our spending uh, very closely to strategic objectives and uh, to eliminate waste. And what better time to start thinking about that than in the middle of a global crisis that again has upended the, the entire economic environment. So how did you find it? Yeah, great question. I um, yeah, and had, had come across ZBB in different forums and read, and I, you know, try to read a lot. Uh, read about ZBB at different stages of my of my career, 
And uh, in sitting back and looking at the fact that, you know, through the pandemic, whether it's from lower travel costs because of the remote working environment, or the fact that I've seen a more purposeful redirection of cost to technology and just enabling the remote working environment, you know, I've sat back and I've, I've sat back and thought about, you know, how is it that we don't miss, we don't miss certain categories of costs that we're just not spending on, you know? And that got me thinking, well, perhaps we never really needed them in the first place. And so this is in my quest and my search to say, well, how can we retain the efficiencies that we've seen from, again, lower travel costs, lower uh, you know, marketing and event uh, costs and, and those types of uh, uh, costs, how can we retain the efficiencies going forward? Well, the best way to do it, even when things normalize, right, and, and um, hopefully we're past the pandemic times, even when things normalize, the best way to do it is ask the question, you know, why should I be spending on this? You know, what's the value? And I cannot do that in a silo. My team cannot do that in a silo. And so I mentioned, I talked about collaboration and communication earlier. It also has got me thinking about the fact that I need to more than ever before collaborate with the different department, group heads, and the leadership team in general to make such decisions. Yeah, I, I think communication and collaboration and, and yeah, breaking down the silos, it's so important. I read about it and hear about it so much these days. Um, accounting can no longer work in a silo. Absolutely, absolutely. So I know you touched on this just a bit, but so let's spell it out explicitly. What are the advantages of zero-based budgeting? For sure. Uh, I think it, uh, there's a lot, there are a lot of them, Megan. Um, one of the items that sticks out to me is that ZBB definitely aligns our spending and business planning with our strategic objectives more than ever before. There is a lot of thought that goes into planning process and it takes away the focus from the outcome of the budgeting process and focuses on the process in and of itself. And um, what I mean by that is it's not so much running to getting to a number, you know, as okay, this is our plan for the year, but it's in the asking of questions that I think the value of uh, where it is we're what it, what it is we're attaching dollars to, that's where the value is seen, in my opinion. I think that the collabor heightened collaboration of leaders across the company is another benefit of, uh, of ZBB. Uh, ZBB allows us to be nimble and agile in that uh, because those questions and those thoughts are asked and the questions are asked and thoughts are had throughout the process, we end up with... Um, uh, the ability to, you know, switch course quickly as the economy, e economic um, situations unfold, as we see how our clients have been affected by the pandemic as well, uh, and it allows us to shift costs to more value-adding areas. Uh, so I think ultimately, when we talk about shareholder return and uh, adding value for shareholders and owners of companies, uh, zero-based budgeting is, I think, a critical way and a great tool to, to use for that. So does ZBB work for everyone? Are there common criticisms of the approach? 
Yeah, that's that's an excellent question, Megan. I, I think it does. I think it does work for everyone. I think there are ways to custom make ZBB uh, work for you. There are common criticisms of ZBB. Again, the additional thought time is not something that we think, you know, there's really 24, there are only 24 hours in a day. And as it is, we complain about not having enough uh, time in the day to do all the things in front of us. So, you know, as, as much as it does take additional time, I'll quote a, a former uh, boss of mine who says it's, it's short-term pain for long-term gain. And um, essentially, after the first round, first two rounds of uh, uh, a zero-based budgeting cycle, I think it becomes part of the DNA of any organization. I really do. Another thing I want to point out, Megan, is that ZBB is is a, a fairly new concept with regard to you know the number of years you know it's been ex you know, in existence. I want to say around fifty years. However, without knowing it, a lot of CFOs, a lot of finance professionals, a lot of leaders in general have been applying ZBB in many ways. Uh, again, without without really calling it that. Anytime a company finance leader, a leadership team sits back to ask questions about value tied to attaching spend. That's a, a variation and an approach uh, that mirrors ZBB right there. It's all about thinking. It's all about not copying over what was done last year and just attaching a premium to it based on inflation or whatever the case may be. Every time you've done thoughtful planning, you have come close to the ZBB approach. Yeah, I mean, it seems like such a smarter way of doing things <laughs> to actually sure. put some thought into it. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, CBB's been around for about 50 years. So why do you think it's making a comeback now? Yeah, that's, uh, that's something I've been thinking about, Megan. And it's, it's the, the fact that economic conditions, uncertainty is, is really the word. The volatility and the uncertainty tied to, you know, the impacts of this health crisis on business have forced us to look at areas where, you know, we can conserve, conserve funds and uh, keep our companies afloat. And as I mentioned earlier, I've been thinking about those costs that we have been able to do without and haven't necessarily missed, but have continued to do business and do it effectively. And so I believe that finance professionals everywhere are being encouraged because of the uncertainty to look into ways to sustain savings and uh, make sure that, in, you know, by 2022 or 2021 or 2022, a couple of years from now, we are not back to any, you know, whether it's bad habits uh, or wasteful habits that we were perhaps guilty of. In, uh, in previous years before the, the health crisis began. So I think that it's really, it's, it's a thought that uh, leadership teams and finance professionals are having across the board. And it's a good thought because it's forward looking and saying, how will I look you know, two years from now? What changes do I, what behavioral changes do I need to promote now to ensure continued success down the road. And that, that's, I have to really emphasize that, Megan, because that's key. We have to, in every condition of, uh, of, of in every, every adverse condition, like it seems like we're facing right now with the pandemic, 
I think we need to all sit back and say, what lessons can I learn from this? Yeah. And what, uh, what positives can I take away for a more successful future? Yeah, so important. I mean, for as much as as much bad that's come out of the last six months, I do believe that there is some good as well. And like you said, hopefully we hold on to the good. For sure. So finally, I've read about ZBB 2.0. Do you think that ZBB's evolved over the last few years? And if so, how? I think it has, Megan. Um, I think that from what I've read from the past and what I see now is leaders are not taking, uh, taking ZBB, putting it in a box and trying to make it work. Instead, leaders are looking at strategic plans and strategic objectives and tying them to budgets and business plans. And so uh, in a sense, that is how I think ZBB has evolved where we see it's we understand the underlying concept of what it means, and then we're applying it to our individual companies versus trying to make it a framework that is strict and unbending. Agility, I think, is key in ZBB. Nimbleness is key in ZBB, the ability to respond and be flexible and, and dynamic. Those are keys to ZBB, and I think we're seeing that now within the age of technology in the age of changing uh, priorities and um, the faces of different industries are, are changing. Again, it's all driven by technology. So the short answer to that, Megan, is that um, I think there's more thought being put behind this thoughtful approach to budgeting. So for people that want to learn more about ZBB, are there any sources you'd recommend? Absolutely. I think uh, that McKinsey has uh, really good leadership articles on ZBB. I have also sat in on a couple of webinars. Uh, there is a company, FYI Soft. I do not use their software at all. Don't know very much about FYI Soft outside of the fact that I know they've published some great content on, uh, on ZBB. Again, sat in on a couple of webinars. And I know that the accounting firms, um, Ernst & Young, Deloitte's, uh, et cetera, also have, but KPMG also, uh, PwC, I'm sure does as well. They have uh, published guide guidance on DVD uh, as well. Sounds good. Adanma, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Megan. I appreciate it. It's been good uh, spending some time with you. Yeah, I really enjoyed learning about zero-based budgeting, and with all of its benefits, it's no wonder it's making a comeback. To all of our listeners today, I hope you've enjoyed today's discussion as well, and I hope you'll tune in next week. Until then, take care of yourselves and have a great week. If you're ready to boost efficiency and streamline your accounting processes at significant cost savings, it's time to talk with Personif. Their people-powered solutions have transformed the delivery of back office tasks and general accounting functions for decades, partnering with clients to provide everything from accounts payable to payroll services. See what Personif can do for you by visiting personif.com. You've been listening to CFO Weekly presented by Personif. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out personif.com. Thanks for listening.